we do not want to be Dead Sea Christians, do we? Just live our life to receive and not to give. No, we want to live our life to give, right? Hallelujah. Well, good to see everybody tonight. I see that you guys have come to worship the Lord today. You know, uh, as I was, as we were worshiping, let me say this to you before we get into the message tonight. You will be able to tell if you are looking at the wrong thing because it will silence you. So I could, I could, you know, you know I sit in the front row and I shut my eyes and it's just me and the Lord. But I know that there are some people that are struggling tonight. You know, and, and you could tell because of your silence. I could feel it in my spirit. It's that, that you're looking at the wrong thing is the only deal. Because anything that's not Jesus is, is just, it could, it's smoke and mirrors. It can deceive you. And, and the enemy is the master at that. He could turn an anthill into Mount Everest, right? Because the Bible says the minute we become carnally minded or we pay attention to natural things, it's death. It could only produce death. Isn't that amazing? You know, my wife and I have learned that in our marriage. Do you know how we have a great marriage? Because I live my life to bless her. She lives her life to bless me, and we give each other unlimited grace. She probably gives me more grace because I'm a guy. We're kind of clueless, right? But because I give her unlimited grace, because why? I'm to love her and give myself to her. It empowers her to honor me, right? Even when I don't deserve it. So tonight, like in Hosea 4, 6... In Isaiah, it says the same thing, that my people are taken captive and they're destroyed by a lack of knowledge. So this lack of knowledge is not... Knowledge... I, I, I told the guys this, this this Tuesday. The natural or just humanistic view of knowledge is intellectual. It's mental. I know something. I go to school and I've learned the first three chapters in my history book and I took a test and I just knew the answers to the test so I know this. But that's not Bible knowledge. Do you know there's people that know a lot, they've studied and they've got degree after degree from a Bible school, from a seminary and beyond and, and they could understand or they could, they could know have natural knowledge. You could ask them, okay, you know, what year was Abraham? Did he live and Isaac and tell me all about this and that, the history of everything? And they could tell you all that. But that doesn't mean they know anything. Bible know. Because to Bible know, it literally means to experience. Okay? The Bible says when God created Adam and Eve, it says an Adam knew Eve. Do you know what that means? He knew her, right? When husbands and wives get married, they know each other. It's talking about something very intimate, right? Can we, can we talk about, can we say the word sex or whatever in church, right? Adam, Adam didn't know Eve like, oh yeah, I know that lady's Eve. No, 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 no. No, look at the Hebrew language. Oh, she's bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. He was freaking out. He's like, Wow. 
God, you really did a good job, right? I can't wait to experience this. That's the way we are to be with God. We are to not know, just have knowledge. We are to experience him. That's why Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. It's an intimate relationship where he is constantly conceiving things in you and birthing things out of you. So what happens when you have a lack of experience of God, a lack of intimate knowledge of God, the Bible says it will destroy you or take you captive. These Hebrew words means, number one, it will silence you and bring you into captivity or destruction. But he, in order for Satan to do that, he's got to silence you. So don't ever let him silence you. Yeah, but pastor, I'm going through so much. I just don't feel like worshiping God. Right? Do you know what feeling like worshiping God has to do with it? Nothing. As a matter of fact, if you will just literally start worshiping God, tell your flesh, get over yourself. We're, we're, we're worshiping the Lord tonight. And get your mouth in gear, it will connect, and your spirit and your mouth will connect, and all of a sudden, things change. How do you have joy? By the answer of your mouth. Tonight, we're going to be talking about living by faith. We don't walk by sight, we walk and live by faith, which means that our feelings have nothing to do with it. Does that make sense? God wants you to walk free from all the junk coming from the outside. And he wants you to live out of that well of salvation that's on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit who's on the inside of you will help you draw from that well because you only draw in joy and in peace and in understanding or revelation knowledge of who God is. That's why eternal life, which abides in you, you have to draw it out. There's no, there's, there is no other way to live than live just literally saturated with eternal life. Man, I'm drawn from the well. There's water. of The waters of salvation are just going everywhere. I'm soaked. Don't care what I look like. Don't, right? And I'm going to get everybody wet who even gets around me. Right? Don't, don't even act. If you're, if you're not a Christian or if, if you're a Christian that's kind of down, don't even crack the door open for me because you'll get wet. Right? I mean, that's the way we're to live. Because, guys, you're free. You're free right now. Isn't that amazing? Whoever the Son has made free is free. So let's talk a little bit more about living by faith. See, we talk about these things, right? Am I a faith preacher? I sure hope so. Because guess what? There's, no, there's nothing else. Right? Right? Any subject you talk about in the Bible, it's, gonna, it's faith, right? The Bible, the Bible said, Paul said, I preach the word of faith. What does that mean? Whenever I preach the gospel, the word of God, it will produce faith in the hearers. It's all faith. Why? 
Because we can't even please God, the Bible says, without faith. So I'm not going to walk by sight and start thinking of myself the way I feel or what my circumstances are telling me. You know, some people have to wrap themselves in a really nice high-end car to feel important or wear certain jewelry or live in a certain neighborhood. That's crazy. Because you know what? As fast as that comes, it could go. Right? Unless, of course, you let God move you in there, then nobody's taking anything. Right? Oh, you'll give it away, knowing that he's just going to give you more. Right? But this is the way we live. So we have, to, we have to learn this. It's not about just listening to a message. It's about experiencing God. As we talk about living by faith, I hope that you take it and you start applying it to your life so that you can experience it. There's nothing like experiencing being in a situation where there seems like I hate this, there's no way out, but yet I watch God while I'm in joy just completely take me out of it. You need to experience God. Don't walk in victory in theory, right? You hear a good message and, oh, that's my answer. Walk in it experientially. Experience victory in this realm, right? Win battles where it seems like there's no way out. Be healed of something that there's no cure, right? Have your finances healed in a manner that where there's just no possible way, right? Do things in the financial realm that would shock people because God's doing it, right? Walk free from addictions in a manner that just makes no sense to anybody. How in the world did you walk free from that? Well, sin has no dominion over me. I'm a new creature in Christ. It has to bow to who I am in Christ, right? It's, it's, it's walking and living by faith. It means, see, people will say this, man, I'm just, you know, I just don't understand why this hasn't worked out because I was in faith. And by that statement, you just said you were not in faith because faith will never make that statement. Because when you're in faith, you're fully persuaded that you already have what you've asked. You can't see it. It doesn't look like there's any way it could come into your life. But you have believed what God's word says. And you know, listen, I might not see it. I might not feel it. I might be told by the greatest men and women in this planet that there's no way this could happen but God. The Bible's full of but gods. Right? So Romans chapter 1, verse 16. You guys ready to receive the word tonight? Yes. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You could say it this way. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto healing. It's the power of God unto supernatural provision. It's the power of God unto deliverance and safety and welfare, those all, that word salvation means all these things. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God unto wholeness, wholeness, peace, rest, right? It says here, to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, and then look at this, for therein, in the gospel of Christ, is the righteousness of God revealed. You have been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ, but it will only be revealed outwardly as you go from faith to faith, from one faith victory to another faith victory. You'll have to walk by faith. You're always going to be believing God for something. You're always going to be overcoming something, right? Because we live in this world. As you walk by faith, it will get you beyond, it'll get you beyond yourself. Living for yourself, there's no power in it. Because you get hurt by everybody. But when you don't consider yourself and you walk in love, you can't get hurt by anybody. Because you're not looking for anybody to fulfill you. Right? I mean, I look at my wife and I'm just like, wow, honey, you are like the ultimate woman of my dreams in every way. But you know what? She doesn't fulfill me. God fulfills me. And therefore, I can receive all kinds of stuff from her. I mean, it's crazy. She can get up in the morning with no makeup on, hair going everywhere, and I'm like, wow, you're so beautiful. Right? Now, I might get in trouble for that. She might, like, punch me or something. And, and you know, if she hits me, you know what I'll say? Oh, I like that. It's attention. I'll take it any way I could get it, right? But she doesn't fulfill me because he satisfies me at a spiritual level, right? For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. And now he's going to quote Habakkuk 2.4, the just those that have been declared righteous shall what? Live by faith. I love this. We looked at this last week, Galatians chapter 3. Look at this, verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone that continues not in all the things that are written in the book of the law to do them but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. Why? For the just, those declared righteous, shall live by faith. I was not declared righteous. I was not made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ because of any behavior or anything that I did. I, that could not happen. I was made the righteousness of God in Christ through faith. I simply believed in my heart and then acted on that belief by confessing with my mouth, right, that Jesus, you are my Lord. And man, the minute that happened, what he did for me back 2,000 years ago, he was made to bear all my sins so I would be made the righteousness of Almighty God in him. Right. Took effect. And I was a new creature. Old things were passed away. 
everything became new and all of it's of God. Do you know he, he owns me? My life is not my own. My spirit's not my own. My soul is not my own. And guess what? My body's not my own. If you're believing God for healing tonight, hey, Father, I thank you that my body, which by the way belongs to you, is healed in Jesus' name because you sent your word and healed me. Now, Satan, did you hear that? Take your hands off God's property. You got to leave, right? Look at this. And the law is not of faith, verse 12, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. So now, as we keep going with this, go back to Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. We're kind of covering a couple scriptures that we did last week. We have to go back over this. You are not, you are not made righteous because of your behavior. You know, we talk about the law. And, and New Testament Christians are like, yeah, I don't care. I don't even care about the law. Well, okay, but you're, stop doing works, okay? Stop trying to do your own works to get God to do something for you. Because that's not how it works. We, we do works. We work out only what he's working in. See, I don't work for my salvation. I work out my salvation, right? In the same way, if you go to a gym... You don't work for a body, right? Yeah. Well, now you might say, well, yeah, there's a certain type of body. Yeah, but it's, you already have it. That six-pack's just under maybe a couple inches of something else on the outside, yeah. right? But you're not working for a body. All of a sudden, while you're in a gym one day, your body that you currently have doesn't disappear and you get a brand new one. No, no, you work out your body. It's still you, right? That you work out your salvation. Salvation's yours. Which means that God has provided everything you'll ever need. You have it, you own it, it's yours. He's prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And on that table is everything. All the money, all the healing, all the peace, all the joy, all the deliverance, right? All the restoration, all the strength. Everything is on that table but the only way to take things off that table is you need to reach out with your faith and pull it into this realm. Okay? And that's what, we, that's what we're talking about here tonight. Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, look at this, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. How is a man declared righteous? By the faith of Jesus Christ. Why do we got to know that? Because when we talk about living by faith, we're talking about living by the faith of Jesus Christ. Okay? That's, we're in him. That's, we're made that way. Look at this. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified or declared righteous. How? By the faith of Jesus Christ. And not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. In other words, there is nothing you can do in your own behavior to ever get God's attention to where he goes, Oh, wow, Tony is just so good, I'm just going to declare him righteous and innocent. 
There's nothing. The Bible says that my own righteousness is like a filthy rag. We must walk by faith. So look at verse 20, because in verse 20, Paul starts talking about himself, and he says, I am crucified with Christ, right? He had a revelation. What's Romans chapter 6, I was identified in the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I was crucified with Christ, but he says, but nevertheless, I live. But then he says, oh, but not I, right? But Christ, he lives in me. Christ is living in me. And the life that now I live in the flesh, do you see how it's jumping back and forth from him to me? The life that I now live in the flesh, how do I live it? I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I walk and I live by the faith of Jesus Christ. Isn't that good news? That's, that's the definition. This verse here is a great confession. Father, I declare today that I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But yet not I. It's Christ that's living in me today. And the life that I'm living in the flesh... I'm living by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Man, you can't say that enough, but the more you say it, guess what? Your words will hand that to you. And all of a sudden that goes off and you not only know it here, but you experience it. It is time for the church that's hearing the word to experience the word in greater measure right? Sickness needs to be eradicated from our church. Poverty and lack eradicated from our church. And the thing is, how is that going to happen? All, it's gonna, all it takes is you and I getting over ourselves and making a decision. I'm making a decision. I'm going to live by faith. I'm not, I'm not walking by sight anymore. I'm not going to beat myself up anymore. Man, if I trip up and, and say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, I'm going to repent so fast, Right? <laughs> that Satan might not even notice it. Those demons go, what did he do? Oh, shoot, he already repented. Right? So let's go to Romans chapter 5, and this is kind of where we ended up a little bit, but I got to go over this again, because Romans chapter 5, verse 1, is such a key. Because I said this last, last week at the end of the service, I said there's a disconnect in many believers between living by faith and understanding grace. There's a disconnect with that, and we need to know the connection of living by faith and understanding grace, because it's like this, okay? We receive through faith what God has given us by his grace, what do we mean by grace? It's the word, Greek word charis. It means literally the divine reflection on my heart and, 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 and its manifestation out of my life. What manifests? God puts grace in you and what comes out of your life is glory. The very presence of God. God puts, God puts grace in you and what comes out is glory, healing, provision, 
financial miracles, freedom from everything, right? And we, we walk the righteousness of Almighty God. It, it, it's how is it seen from faith to faith, right? So let's look at this. Romans 5, therefore being, I, I really don't like that, that word being, because in the Greek language it would read, therefore having been. This is something that happened on the cross. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So you need to know tonight, you are at peace. The holy God, God your Father, who the Bible says, I mean, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Bible says when he steps out at the white throne judgment, at the end of the millennial period, to judge all the dead that never received Christ. I mean, think about it. All these multitudes of people are going to stand before the white throne judgment and be judged for every sin that they ever committed, and they will stand there knowing that Jesus paid for every one of them. They didn't even have to be there. But the Bible says when he steps out into that place, it said the heavens flee from his face. In other words, his glory is so magnificent and so powerful, it's like it erases the universe. But yet tonight, I, well, you know, I've told this story before. My friend Bill, uh, man, I've known Bill and Lisa since they were in high school. We saw him when we were in California. He was my worship leader in a college and career group. Uh, him and Lisa, you know, I was a youth leader when they were in high school. Bill and I have been friends forever, decades now. That's kind of crazy to even say that. But when he was in Bible school, this, this teacher who taught ancient Hebrew was, was like the favorite teacher of everybody, but it was, she was the hardest teacher in the school. And she described the throne of God and all the ancient Hebrew meanings of the word as the cherubs, those angelic beings, fly around the throne of God. And they, they just say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy. And, and it's, they're not robots. In the ancient Hebrew dialect, they are saying that as a response to seeing something new in the personality of God. And we don't have any record of how long they've been doing that. But they see something new constantly. And in the phrase, holy, 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 is not just he's holy, but it's also a warning that this is a holy God, right? And, and, and the glory of God, the beams in the, in the ancient Hebrew dialect of his glory, the closest thing that she could describe it as is it would be like liquid light, that it would just destroy everything that's not holy, but he's your dad. And he is not mad at you. Don't ever put some other believer down. Well, you're a mess spiritually. Has God ever said that to you? Mm -mm. Don't you ever say that. Right? I live in a world as a pastor. See, You've heard of the gift of discerning of spirits, right? The, or, or usually when people talk about it, it's the gift of discernment. Pastor, I have the gift of discernment. 
I could look at Courtney and just discern. Do you know that spiritual gift really is reserved only for the very immature spiritually and carnal? Because that's not a gift, right? You know why? Because I'm to work out my own salvation. Courtney's to work out her own salvation. The word of God is a lamp to Courtney's feet and a light to her path. And the word of God is a lamp to my feet, right? And a light to my path. So I could encourage her in the word, but boy, I should never, hey, you know what? The problem is you're just a mess and, right? There, we better move on. Therefore, being justified by faith, grab onto that. That'll help you tremendously. You know, some Christians live their life. It's almost like they got to go to a church where they feel like I'm, I'm more mature than everybody else. That's just a nightmare, right? When you walk with God, you want everybody to pass you up. You just, you're like, yeah, go for it, man. Just do everything. If that's what God put in you, go for it, right? And you know, the, the church is so carnal, oh man, you know, people will look at somebody and think, oh, that person's just so much better. But when you know God, you're like, oh no, no, he loves me. He's not mad at me. And I'm good with that, right? And I know this, he's good. And his plan for my life, I'll be super excited all through all eternity, right? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Where's that at? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, my peace with God is based on what Jesus did, not what I did. Amen. And then verse 2, now this is what I want you to see. By whom or by Jesus Christ also we have access by faith into this grace wherein. That word wherein, you could translate that, which causes, right? Which causes us to stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. By whom also we have access by faith. How does, how does faith and grace? I have access by faith into this grace which causes me. What causes me to stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God, in hope that I know that my healing will manifest in my body, my, the finances will be there, everything that whatever, right? What causes it? The grace of God. What is the grace of God? It's God doing for me what I could never do for myself. It literally is the finished work of Jesus Christ. I have access into everything God has given me I have access by faith into this grace which causes me to stand and, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So if I don't walk by faith, if I'm walking by sight, guess what? I have no access into the grace which will cause me to stand and rejoice. And that's why when you see brothers or sisters downtrodden, it's because they're not walking by faith, right? They're just, they're looking at natural things instead of looking at Jesus. Do you see that? 
This is why this is so important. Faith is for the purpose of taking possession of the grace of God, which is the healing, the provision, the freedom, the peace, right? The deliverance, the restoration, everything. So faith, we keep talking about faith. Let's go to Hebrews 11.1. Hebrews 11.1, it says this, now faith is the substance. Or you could say it this way. It could be translated this way. Now faith gives substance of things hoped for. Hope, Bible hope. A joyous, that Greek word means a joyous, confident expectation. Bible hope is not if it will happen. No, no, it's already a done deal. It's a joyous, confident expectation. So what is hope? It's an expectation. So now faith gives substance to the things that I'm expecting. You could read it just like that. Now faith gives substance to the thing that I'm expecting. Why am I expecting it? Because God said he gave it to me. Right. right? Not going to give it to me. No, no. Now faith is. Faith is now. Amen. Hope is future. Faith now gives substance, right, to the thing that I'm hoping for, the thing that I'm expecting. My faith is the evidence or the proof of things not seen. My faith is literally the evidence and the proof of the things that I can't see, I can't perceive with my senses, but I know they're mine. My body might still be hurting. The doctor may say, the MRI might show, or the CT scan might show this tumor, but I could be full of joy because I know he sent his word and healed me, and that tumor has got to go because the word of God will never change. Everything gives. Why sometimes when we lay hands on the sick or we lay hands on people that they fall under the power? It's real simple. When the natural meets the supernatural, something's going to give and the supernatural is never going to give. Right? That's all that is. But we don't judge. Don't judge whether you get healed, whether or not you fall. Some of the greatest miracles I've ever seen. No feeling at all, right? But that person with no feeling at all, no evidence at all, they just received, right? When I pray for people here, when the Lord stirs me to pray for people, it's amazing, the faith, you know? It's not 100%. Sometimes people are hoping, right? Nothing happens if you're just hoping, earthly hope, may happen, may not, but everything changes when you believe God, right? Now faith, it gives substance to the thing that I'm expecting. My faith is the evidence or it is the proof that I have what I can't see, what I can't feel, what I can't hear, but I have it. Okay? Now let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. We've been ta- I feel like I've been talking about this forever. And I got to tell you guys, as your pastor... I will, I'll stay on one verse for all eternity if that's what the way the Lord leads me. You know, I, I, I'm just not in this deal. I lived too many years caring what people think. Now I just want to please him. Right? 
So we stay. Let your, don't ever let the word of God become common to you because there's more revelation. Have you ever noticed? Like I was talking to Ryan and Carissa today. We went over and saw their little girl. And, uh, and you know, it was, just, it was just kind of amazing, you know, how that, that you could say something a million times and then somebody else says it. Ryan, Ryan was going, you know, I'll teach on this at the, at the bridge and, and I'll minister along these lines. And then my wife will be talking to somebody and then the person will come to me and go, wow, Ryan, I was talking to Carissa and she said this and it just, it was my answer. And Ryan's like going, yeah, yeah, I've, I've said that to you a million times probably, right? I, I never, I would never expose who he was talking about, ever, ever. I just won't, I just won't do it because, you know, I just won't do it. But, uh, absolutely, absolutely, right? It's so funny. It's like, uh, uh, my pastor, he has made this statement to me before, why should I have this guest minister in who preaches what I preach? And my thing is, I love it when people come in here and they'll preach and they'll say something that I've said for 10 years. And people are like, oh, pastor, that was awesome. He said this and it changed my life. And I'm like, that's so cool. Because the expression comes in different gifts. Who cares how you get it? I don't care how, I just want to get it right? The thing is, it's all from him. It's all from him. So how does this faith, which gives substance to the thing that I'm expecting, how does it come? It says, so then faith comes by hearing. This Greek word by means it comes out of hearing. The faith of God comes out of or originates from hearing. Now you might think, well, we can all hear. Well, we all can, but the question is, are we hearing? Because the Bible definition of hearing is different than the earthly definition of hearing. The earthly definition of hearing is you watch TV and you just heard everything. Or you walk outside and you hear an airplane or you hear some cars. And, but no, no, Bible hearing you're only hearing one thing according to this verse because it says and hearing you could say it this way and hearing comes by different greek word it's the greek word dia it means hearing comes through or because of the word of god and really it's the words of christ or in other words hearing originates when you hear the words of Christ. And that's what I'm talking about. So many believers in our circles know the scriptures. They know them here. That means they could quote them, they could finish when we quote the scripture, but they've never meditated in them, taken the time to say it over and over and over so that it opens up and now they hear God say. Remember, we finished with this. Faith originates out of literally hearing the, the anointed word of God. In other words, when the Holy Spirit opens it up on the inside of you and you hear it. 
Faith doesn't come by hearing. It comes by hearing. Look out. Inside. And when faith comes, you are firmly persuaded. You're like, wow. He's not a healer. He's my healer. He's not a restorer, right? He's my restorer. He restores my life. He doesn't just make things new. He makes all things new in my life. Why? Because my God has spoken to me. And guys, to walk and live by faith, that he always has to be speaking to you because faith comes by hearing him. So if you hear him for 10 minutes and then you turn that off and you pay attention to other things, you can't, you can't live by faith. You just, you just hopefully will have some faith events and, and God will try to bless you in any way he can, but don't limit him. Don't try to receive what you need. See, this is what happens. You get in, this, this was my life. You mess things up so bad, Tony, that you need him to move in 25 areas of your life today or it's over. And, and you get all stressed out and he can move like through that. But if you'll just get your eyes off the mess and stop trying to figure out how to fix it and focus your attention on knowing him, experiencing him, and getting revelation knowledge of him going off in your heart, pretty soon the word of God will be a lamp to your feet. And although you thought you were in the middle of a disaster that could never be fixed, when the word turns the light up, you see, oh, wait a minute, that whole mess, oh, it's there, but it's way underneath where I am. And it's, it's like a speck of dust. It goes from Mount Everest to a speck of dust because you stop comparing the circumstances to you and you start comparing them to who he is because now you're gaining revelation of who he is. And listen, nothing is bigger than him. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So this is what happens. And this is why we live this way. Faith comes. It originates from hearing. And hearing, how does it come? It comes because of the word of God. Why can you hear tonight? Well, you could only hear if I'm preaching the word. Because hearing comes because of the word of God. So in other words, are you going to hear God or are you going to hear all this other nonsense? And guess who's the bigger one with the, all the other nonsense? The enemy, who's a liar. Yes, he is. Right? He'll tell you, man, it's over. Come on. He'll tell you, man, you know what? You need, you need to get out of that church. Get out of, you, need a, you need a new beginning. Get away, get away from those friends that are helping you. You just, you just come on. Come on over here. Be careful with that. Right? Oh, that Pastor Dave, he just, he just really ticked me off. I think I'm going somewhere else. You better get over yourself. Because you go somewhere else and God didn't lead you? That's no bueno. Right? That's the extent of my Spanish. Man, I was supposed to learn Spanish years and years ago. Ah, just reminded me of my own disobedience. Doggone it. 
All right, here we go. Hearing comes through or because of the spoken utterance of the anointed one. Do you know the Holy Spirit wants to speak the words of Christ to you? He's on the inside of you, and it will guide you into all the truth. How does he guide you into all the truth? The word is the lamp, and it's the light. He will literally open up the word of God and shine it right where you're supposed to take your next step and where you're supposed to go. And he will take you through the minefield of life. While you're looking at Jesus, you're just here, Satan's going, oh, I got him now, there's a mind. And you'll just come over here, and you're, you don't even have to think about it. And, and you know, sometimes everything in the natural when you walk with God, everything sometimes in the natural will point you. You could get everything that's in your heart if you go this way, and God will say, go this way. Because his ways are higher than our ways. But guess what? Going that way will get you there further and longer and bigger. Right? I mean, had I not stepped literally out of ministry and went back into the corporate world making less money than I was making when I was 23 years old, I would never have got to Omaha. God tried to get me to Omaha years earlier to come to this thing that they have here called the College World Series. I would laugh at the president of the company. I'm like, you go, I'm not going. Omaha, what's Omaha? I know. <laughs> right? I'm like... I'm like, I go to every World Series, I go to Super Bowls, I do that, but I'm not, I'm, you know, now I do like the Final Four, right, I love the NBA draft, I like a lot of this stuff, but, but a College World Series, why, why would I want, had I flown into this airport, I could tell you this, as soon as that plane touched down, I would have probably started crying right on the airport, because this was the place, I was sure, I was sure it was in Southern California, but now, Thank God. I pray for my brothers in Southern California and sisters. Don't want anything to do with it. I'll go visit. I'll lay on your beach. And then I'm leaving. I'm out. You put up with that nonsense. Right? The Pacific Ocean is nice. But it's not even in the same realm as the will of God. It's not even. There, there's no, no, no. Faith comes by hearing an anointed utterance. So now let's look at Romans chapter 10, verse 6. Romans 10, verse 6. Just go back a few verses. It says, but, now remember, you were made righteous through faith, but the righteousness which is of faith, you were made righteous through faith, speaks on this wise or or that righteousness that you've been made speaks this way, okay? So if you are walking in your righteousness, this is how you will speak. If you walk out of your flesh, you won't speak this way. And then the first thing it says, right after it says the righteousness which is of faith speaks this way, then it says, say not. In other words, now... It's just God is doing the same thing. He's doing it in this whole chapter. He does everything kind of backwards. So the first thing he tells you is what, it, what the righteousness, which is a faith, doesn't ever say. He says, say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven? 
That is to bring Christ down from above. What does that mean? The righteousness which is of faith never sounds like this. Jesus, you have to come and do something so that I could be healed or set free or blessed. Do you know how many people are praying that God will heal them? And that's not, that's not faith. The righteousness of which is a faith doesn't say God has to do anything. You don't have to come from above, right? This is where people miss it. Jesus Christ does not have to come back to this earth for you to walk in any of the blessings of God. It's already done. He already did it. When he was on the cross, he did not say, guys, it's almost finished. If you beg me enough when I'm in heaven that maybe I'll do some things for you. Nope, he said it was finished. When you got born again, the Bible says you were given given all things that pertain to life and godliness. You were blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. God has provided it all for you. He does not have to come do anything now. This is where people miss it concerning healing. People are looking for God to heal them. That people are looking for God to come and fix their finances. He already did. And, and here's the thing. People will go, well, there's no way because, I mean, I got creditors. I, I don't have enough money. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't find a job or I can't find a job that makes enough money. And it's like, well, time out. You got to get your eyes off all of that and be willing to do whatever God tells you to do and just get your eyes on him and start speaking the word of God over your life. But this is where people, this is what people in financial trouble, this is what they do, right? Okay, so, okay, God, I'm believing you. I'm believing you. And then all of a sudden, this thing comes up. I want you to go stock shelves at Hy-Vee. Or I want you to go do a late shift at, and work at McDonald's. Or, or whatever that is that looks, that you would think is something you would never do because that's just kind of below me. Or God says, I want you to sell your car and sow the money to somebody. And you're like, but then I'd have to ride the bus. That can't be God. And now we know what the problem really is. It's not finances, it's pride. There was a guy in my church, or not in my church, in this church. This is not my church. This is his church, right? There was a guy, every, almost every week he'd come up to me. And you could tell that the Lord was dealing with him on tithing. And he'd come up to me. And he'd be like, okay, pastor, so what about this scenario? You know, and, he, and, he's, and he's trying to get me to tell him what he needs to do. Whether he needs to tithe or not tithe. And I wouldn't tell him. I'm like, you know, you just got to do what the word says. Yeah, but what? What should I do in this situation? So finally, he comes up to me one day, and he's like, it's like he's got me. He thinks he has me. And he goes, okay, so pastor, I got a question. What if you were in a position where you could not meet your bills and honor God with the tithe? Like if you gave the first 10% of your income, you wouldn't be able to meet your bills. What would you do? And then he smiled. And I said, oh, that's simple. I go, if you, know, if you had to run to Walmart late at night or Hy-Vee, you'd probably see me stocking shelves. 
You might see me working at McDonald's. I've worked at four of them. You know, you might see me doing something else for some extra money. And he, he looks at me and he goes, oh, you wouldn't do that. I'm like, oh, in a minute, in a minute, because what I'm not going to ever do is withhold from God what he, what's his. I'm going to work enough and so that I could bring my tithe to him. And I said, but here's the deal. You wouldn't see me there very long. You wouldn't see me there very long at all. There was a guy in our church, a family, and uh, his wife um, was an oncology nurse, a real sweet lady, and God had them give away one of their cars. And uh, she had to ride the bus downtown for over a year. And people would, people, after so, not very long, they were debt-free. They owned their house outright. They owned all this stuff, right? It was kind of amazing how God moved. And nice Lutheran couple that, that found out about a guy named Kenneth Copeland and kind of embraced his teaching and all this stuff. And people would come to me and go, oh, my goodness. I'd sure like to be like these people. They live in Tulsa now. You know, and I'm thinking, well, you'd like to be debt-free like them. But I'm not so sure you'd be willing to, to do what they did. Right? Why am I saying this, guys? You got to get over what you're seeing. You got to be all in with God. His word will never fail you. Healing is yours. Provision is yours. Deliverance is yours. Freedom is yours. The only one that could keep you from walking it is you. And it says this, or who shall descend into the deep that is to bring Christ up again from the dead? Again, Jesus has to do something so that you can get what you need. No, 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 it's all done. The righteousness which is a faith never talks that way. But then verse 8, it says, but what saith it? In other words, but what does the righteousness which is a faith, what does it say? I'm really glad you asked. It says, the word is nigh thee, or the word is near me. And then it says this, it's even in my mouth, and it's in my heart. See, do you see how it's backwards again? It's in my mouth. Why is it in my mouth? Because it's in my heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And then now he's going to give an example of this, of how people get born again. That if you shall confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus. This, in, in the literal Greek, it would say, if you would confess with your mouth that Jesus, you are my Lord. I am inviting your Lordship into my life and I'm committing my life to you. If you'll say that and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. In other words, God raised him from the dead. Why? Because he's Lord. Right? So in other words, if you believe something in your heart and that he said, and you confess with your mouth, and you make a confession that now Jesus, God the Father, raised you from the dead, which makes you Lord of all, and now I'm making you my Lord. I'm bowing to your lordship. I'm inviting you into my life. You, you are now my Lord. You're not just Lord of all. You're my Lord now. I believe in my heart, and I speak with my mouth, you shall be saved, right? For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, 
but the mouth, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. What I want you to see, the title of this, if you want to title this sermon, it is Hear, Believe, and Speak. You believe what you hear. Now, we're not talking about all the junk you hear because it will form a wrong belief. We're talking about faith. So faith comes as you hear the anointed utterance of Christ. When you hear that, you believe, right? You're in faith. Faith comes and you will believe it in your heart. Faith, faith means the word of God is in two places. It's in your heart and it's coming out of your mouth, right? So let's go. We're almost done. 2 Corinthians chapter, well, we're, not, we're almost ready to pause. We're not done. I'm not even halfway through my notes. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse 13 says this. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Now you're getting another dynamic. This is called the spirit of faith. Notice it says, I believed and therefore have I spoken. But how do you walk in faith? We. You don't get anything alone. You get everything together. We. No spectator church. You get planted in a church. Well, I go to two or three different churches. Great. You're not going to grow as fast. Get planted in one. Right? Now, we have a lot of people that come on Wednesday night that go to other churches, and that's great. They don't have a Wednesday night service? Hey, you get your cake and eat it too. But be planted where God has you. You know, listen to other teachers. Whatever. That's great. But get planted because I believed past tense, and therefore have I spoken. But if you want to keep believing and keep speaking, we also, we, 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 we also believe and we speak. That is never taught in this verse. But you will continue to believe and speak as you are surrounded by people that are walking by faith. Right? This is so important. I can't even go to the next one. We'll be here all night which would be okay with me. Now, I know there's some of you guys that would just hang in here, right? Yeah, but listen, this is so important, guys. It's so simple, but you've got to see it. You've got to experience it. It's how you walk by faith. Guys, all hell is breaking loose in the world. It's, it's only been going on. It's been going on for almost 6,000 years, Right? It's been breaking loose. It's not going to ever stop until Jesus comes back, right? So we need to walk by faith so that, listen, like I told Ryan and Carissa today, isn't it awesome to know that in this world, which is ridiculous, 
how the enemy is trying to come after children, how that you don't have to be concerned about that. You don't have to lose a minute's sleep. Your child will be protected. Your child will grow up being taught of the Lord. Great will be the peace of that child, right? Your seed will be mighty on the earth, and Satan can't do anything because you have authority. He doesn't. Nobody could stop you. Whoever's born of God, the Bible says, overcomes the world. And what's the victory that overcomes the world? It's our faith. The moment you hear, Tony, I sent my word and healed you. I redeemed you from the curse of the law. I redeemed you from the curse of poverty and lack. I redeemed you from fear, anxiety, depression, addictions. I've made you free. The moment you hear that, that's your victory. Because then now you know you're firmly persuaded. You don't get into this thing, I got to try to be a better Christian. No, I just want to get to know. My whole life is I get to just focus on knowing him. That's it. And what comes out of the overflow of that is I'll always be at the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing, with the right heart. God will move the mountains. He'll do it all. Because why? Because I'm walking in him. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. Let me pray for you.